Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What is good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. My name is Orlando, joined as always by James Cowley, Nate Hansen, and Max Barr on the ones and twos. It is so good to be back. We appreciate everyone that's been showing love to the podcast. Thank you for subscribing, for those positive reviews. And if you're new, welcome to the podcast and rocking with us. We do this once a week socially distanced via Zoom. I'm seeing their faces. They're seeing me. So it's just good to be able to do this podcast and talk Portland Trailblazers basketball. And here we are, the Portland Trailblazers on a season-high six-game win streak. It's just been an incredible run, especially this past week where Dame Time has been nonstop going full blast. The man is reportedly even signing a deal for luxury watches because it is always on time. The way that he has been playing has just been special to watch and specifically in crunch time, but this Blazers team is rolling. They are 18 and 10 right now. Just a really special time in rip city guys, just general thoughts on, on what you guys have seen over the past couple of games since we last met and seeing what Damian Lillard has been able to do in guiding this team to just a, a fun and exciting run that they're on right now, Jared. Yeah. Like you said, fun and exciting and completely unexpected for me, um, for them to be playing this well, for them to string together this many wins. It seems like, you know, you've had moments like this in each season where the Blazers put together a a fun win streak or they go on, you know, a run of games where Dame goes crazy. And and we're just in the middle of one of those right now. And it's, it's awesome to be a, a bit, to be able to appreciate that in the moment and just appreciate what it's like, you know, being able to root for someone like Damian Lillard. And and the Blazers are playing great basketball right now, so I'm happy to be enjoying it while, while it lasts, and I hope it continues to keep going like this. Yeah, man, it's, it's another reminder just how awesome it is for us to be having this podcast. You know, we started this podcast, this is our fourth season, and I feel we started like maybe a year before Dame's Prime began or right when Dame's Prime began because it feels like we always have one or two stretches a year like this even last year when the Blazers you know were terrible win loss wise they went on that you know eight game stretch won the game against the Lakers uh it's just another reminder of how awesome it is to see this guy in his prime doing things that haven't really ever been done in NBA history and we get to see it on a nightly basis like they the reason a lot of hype came out of the Dallas game 
was because it was on national TV on ESPN. And all of a sudden, everyone started talking about Dame again. And guess what? Tuesday and Wednesday's games weren't on national TV against the Thunder and Pelicans. Dame puts up similar efforts, saves the Blazers again in both games. And we're not hearing much nationally just because it wasn't on ESPN. But we have the benefit of getting to see it every day. And it's just, it's incredible. I think that uh, I was thinking about it last night when I was watching the game. I think that I, I, I completely take Dame for granted. And it's not that I don't enjoy watching him 100%. It's not that I don't appreciate what he's doing out there. But when I'm watching these games and it's crunch time and he's hitting these 30-foot three-pointers and he's hitting these crazy, you know, and ones, nothing surprises me. I'm, it doesn't matter if the Blazers are losing. I'm always thinking, you know what, Dame can bring him back. Even if it doesn't work out, that's always in my mind. So I, I think I, I take Dame for granted now because he is – so good i just expect it every game i'm on the same page with you jared i also yep, take him yep. for granted i mean we had a question last week that the blazers were surviving and who was the what was the biggest <laughs> factor and, and i had the gall to not answer damian lillard was the biggest factor and and then he goes on and does what he's done the last couple of games we definitely take him for granted but that's just because he he has set our expectations so high you know it's not like he's only done this once before in his career this is a couple times a year thing that he's doing right now so we definitely take him for granted but it's you still just marvel in what he's yep. doing right now it's incredible i love that you said that nate because that was in the back of my mind uh, remembering what last week's conversation was like, but <laughs> I'm in total agreement with you guys about the fact that sometimes we just get so spoiled. We're so used to Dame doing these things, which are not normal. Like these are spectacular feats that he's pulling off on a nightly basis right now. When he gets on these tears, I even during the, the press conference from last night's game, in getting a question with Dame, like that's one of the things I said was, I was like, it feels like you're going to win these games when you're in these situations now. Like they're, they're so used to it on this tear. And like Dame's had better runs. I mean, just last year, he, he yeah. had a better, a better run. This team has had longer win streaks. Like they've done all these things at a higher level, but this one feels just a little more special and Dame was saying, well, yeah, the, the reason why this one feels different and, and why he's enjoyed it so much is because there have been contributors. Like, it's not just him doing it all. Yes, in crunch time of these past two games, it really has been all him where he's, you know, had his hand in either scoring or assisting on the final, you know, 15 points of last game. And then I think it was 13 points of the final uh, at OKC. So, like, he's taking over, but the buildup to get to these points you're getting production from so many different guys. And so I know we're going to dive into that. And I, I want to segue into that. But we had to just set the table with Damian Lillard is on one of these magical runs. And hopefully everyone is taking a moment to smell the roses and really enjoy these rides. Because this is what separates him from almost every other player in the NBA right now is his ability to do what he does on a nightly basis and recognize the moment. And not only realize what's happening, but then take over and actually execute. Like, this is just matter of fact now. And so it's a good reminder for a lot of us that watch the Blazers on a game-to-game -game basis to be reminded that, like, no, 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 no. This type of stuff 
doesn't happen all the time. Like not everyone has a player like Dame. These are, he's a generational and all time type of dude. And so I think that's the best way to segue into our three questions because that's how we roll on this podcast. There's three of us, there's three questions. So we've got three answers for you. Let's start with number one. And that's, let's talk about Damian Lillard's status in the NBA. We all agree that he's a top 10 player, a franchise superstar, but is he your MVP right now? If not, what will it take for him to be the MVP? And guys, let me just start by, by saying, we know this is super early. Like there's still so much season and so much basketball to be played, but specifically in Portland, this has become a huge topic of conversation. And nationally, as Nate mentioned, after Dame had the game he had against the Mavericks and everyone witnessed it, Stephen A. Smith is apologizing for doubting Dame or, or whatever, you know, like now it's this huge discussion and Dame has basically officially entered the MVP conversation. So guys, who wants to tackle this one first? I'll, I'll take it on first. I'll, I'll be the guy. Uh, so we just talked to spent 10 minutes saying how great Dame is and he's great. He's absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, but is he my MVP right now? I'm going to have the gall to say no again. And I guess it's not even a diss. Like I'm just not saying, I think he's been the most valuable player in the NBA this year. He's certainly in the conversation. And I don't even think a week ago he was in the conversation because the fact that the Blazers, you know, we've talked about if Dame's ever going to win an MVP, the Blazers have to win at a rate that they really haven't won before. Um, and you know, when you win six games in a row and suddenly you're 18 and 10 and your second and third best players haven't been playing for a month and you're third in the league in scoring and you're hitting game winners left and right, suddenly you find yourself in the conversation, which is exactly where Damian Lillard is. But right now I'm going to say he's not my MVP and it's just because we haven't had a long enough stretch of this yet because like I said a week ago if we had had this conversation people listen to that podcast been like what are these what world are these three lunatics living in to even be talking about this and the Blazers are 18 and 10 and I get he's he's working with less than the other guys who we're going to talk about in this conversation but the Blazers are still fourth in the Western Conference and that does matter when it comes to MVP talk especially for a player on Portland like Damian Lillard. And so to me, there are three guys who I think that are in my early MVP conversation. One is Dame, one is LeBron James, and one is Joel Embiid. And they all have things going for them. You know, Embiid has the on-off edge. The, the Sixers are one in five in games he doesn't play this year. So obviously extremely valuable to that team who's still first in the East, despite being one in five when he doesn't play. Dame has the clutch edge. He's been the most clutch player in the NBA this year. There's, there's no argument against it. He has the most points in clutch time. He's shooting, I think, 63% from the field and 58% from three in clutch minutes this year. He's, he's got the clutch edge. And then LeBron just has, like, the all-around edge. Uh, you know, Dame's a great offensive player, but he's not a great defensive player. LeBron is great on both ends of the floor. And when you look at advanced stats, they really back him up in that regard. He's number one in ESPN, real plus minus. So they all have something that you could cherry pick an argument and be like, this is why this guy's the MVP. But to me, it's still right now, it's still LeBron. 
he, he, he's the best player in the NBA and he's okay. Maybe the jazz have a better rate record than the Lakers right now, but I think we all think the Lakers are the best team in the NBA and they're the defending champs. So for me right now, Damian Lillard just still is not there. I, he's in second or third place right now. Now, what does he need to do? Because that's the second part of the question. How, how does he become my MVP for the rest of the season? Well, I took a look at the past MVP winners over the last 10 years. And you've had Giannis, you've had James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and Derrick Rose. Now, Giannis, Durant, LeBron are effective players at both ends of the floor. So Dame doesn't fit that category, but he does fit in a category with James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Steph Curry, and Derrick Rose. And what did those guys do to win their MVPs those seasons? They were individually so spectacular on offense that you just could not deny how awesome they were. And their teams did something that were awesome. And so what does Damian Lillard need in order to win the MVP this year? He needs more of what's happened over the last two weeks to build on for a month or two or three through the rest of the season, really. To me, the Blazers have to at least be a top three seed in the West, be in the mix with those Los Angeles teams. And Damian Lillard right now is third in the league in scoring. Maybe he finishes first or second in the league in scoring. And like with those other players, his offensive stats are just so undeniable. And the Blazers are playing at such an elite level that, yeah, okay, I'll give it to this guy, even though he's not a defensive difference maker like a LeBron James type is. So to me, that's where he's got to go. But he, I can't state this enough. He is just saying he's second or third in the MVP race right now is not a shot. He's fabulous. He's amazing. And maybe next week I'll be like, yeah, he's the MVP. Who knows? There's no shame at all in being at putting yourself into the MVP conversation. And like you said, Nate, he's done that. And Nate, Every single thing you said, I agree with. I, I really want to be able to, just for the sake of this conversation and because it would be fun, I want to be able to say that, yes, Lillard is my MVP, but I can't, you know? Like, I picked him to win MVP before the season. If you remember our MVP picks, I picked Dame. Oh, I remember, Yeah, and I, I don't think it's a crazy pick still. But no, he's not. not there yet. Because my reasoning at the time was he had to do two things. He needed to continue his stellar statistical output. And I think for the most part, he's done that. And two, the Blazers would have to finish second in the West. And they're not there right now. And I think if that happened, if he continued to put up the kind of numbers he's putting up now, and the Blazers surge to be one of the top two teams in the West, maybe the top two teams in the NBA, then I think that would create a strong enough narrative to then push an MVP win for Dame. But it's going to take something like that. What we're seeing right now over these past six games, it's going to take basically this for the rest of the season not you know an un, an unending win streak but this kind of play for the rest of the season from the Blazers so looking at Lillard's statistical output I do think he's close he's third in the NBA in scoring just like Nate said he's in the top 10 in assists uh, I looked at advanced statistics in win shares he ranks number two in the NBA that's really good He's sixth in value over replacement player, ninth in box plus minus, and he's ninth in 538's wins above replacement metric. So I think you can make the case that he's having like a top five, definitely a top 10, maybe even a top five statistical season right now. And I think if the wins were there for the Blazers, I think that might be enough to push a narrative that, that could win Dame and MVP. But they're not 
quite there yet. They're super, they're really good this season, much better than we thought we, they were going to be. And especially after losing CJ McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic, they're outperforming everyone's expectations. And Lillard absolutely deserves extra credit for that. He's carried his depleted team to fourth place in the West, and they have the fifth best record in the NBA right now. Like I looked at that last night, that surprised me. Like I knew they were fourth in the West, but seeing them with the fifth best record in the entire NBA, that's awesome. If you look at the other top MVP contenders, and I'm kind of in the same boat as Nate, in my mind, you've got LeBron James, Joel Embiid, and I'm going to put Kawhi Leonard in there as well. So if you look at the top MVP contenders, I do question whether they'd be able to do as much as Lillard and the Blazers have done if you took away their second and third best players. Take Anthony Davis and, I don't know, maybe Dennis Schroeder away from the Lakers. Where would LeBron have the Lakers right now? We might be able to find out because Anthony Davis is hurt depending on how much time he he's out, maybe we'll get to see what LeBron can do when he has to carry this team all by himself. Um, if you take away Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, would Embiid have the 76ers with, with this good of a record, the fifth best record in the NBA? You take away Paul George and maybe Serge Ibaka, I don't know, where would Kawhi Leonard have the Clippers? We don't know the answer to those questions. They're just hypothetical, but I think it's worthy of consideration when you are talking about MVP and that conversation. But when it comes down to it, I really don't think the Blazers' performance as a team has been strong enough throughout the season to put Lillard at the top of the MVP mix. I think to win MVP almost without ex exception, you have to pair elite statistical production with a top record in the league or really close to it. I mean, fourth in the West isn't good enough. You know, fifth best record in the NBA, that's not good enough. The Jazz have the best record in the NBA right now, but with apologies to Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, they're both very good, but I don't think they have the Jazz have a player who's putting up the kind of stats to be in the MVP conversation. The Lakers and Clippers have the second and third best records in the league. And when you weigh team performance and individual stats, I'm with Nate. I think Le LeBron James has to be in the top spot for now. His Lakers have the second most wins in the NBA. And if you look at the advanced analytics, LeBron's stats are among the best in the NBA, and they're even better than Damian Lillard's stats if you just look at them head to head. So right now, I've got my MVP race as LeBron at the top. And then I'm kind of splitting the difference. I don't know if I'd put Kawhi or Damian Lillard two or three, somewhere in that, you know, one of those two would be number two and one of them would be number three. And I'm put, putting Joel Embiid number four. And like Nate said, if Lillard wants to win MVP, I think the Blazers have to finish this season with the most wins or the second most wins in the entire NBA, not just a top three seed in the West. I think that they'd have to have the best record or the second best record in the NBA. That's how close this MVP race will be. And I think that's what it would take. I love that. <clears throat> you guys nailed it. Uh, and I guess the one disclaimer that I would make with this is that we don't talk about this before recording the podcast. Like th these are our individual answers, our individual thoughts, and then we bring them to the table here on the podcast. So we're not influencing each other's answers, but it, in this scenario like that's basically how i have it as well and you used a, a really good word there jared is uh narrative and that's such a huge part of winning mvp whether you like it or not um rarely is it you know the best player award there are so many factors that go into it um along with those spectacular statistics that you can make the case for five or six different players where you're saying, man, they, they have MVP type numbers. Damian Lillard is in there. 
There's no question in my mind. Like he is having an MVP type season. The other thing that usually goes into it more often than not are those wins. And the Blazers have to win games and they've got to continue to do this at an, at an alarming rate to the point where people didn't see it coming. And I love that you nailed it in being very specific on where the Blazers need to finish in order for Damian Lillard to win this MVP. The other thing that could help that I would be willing to say if the Blazers finish like third, maybe, or, you know, in that, in that ballpark is if Dame continues to have these huge moments on nationally televised games where Dame is controlling the narrative based on popular opinion, based on the demand of just the general public when they turn on a game and they're tapping wrists because Dame somehow pulls out a victory in crunch time. Because let's be honest, for most fans that are watching the game, like we're tuning in for a close game at the end. Like the buildup is, is great. You know, everything that, that goes along with it for true hoop fans that, that are, are dialed in. But that last five minutes of a game, when it's back and forth and the, the game just has that drama to it, like it has the past couple of nights, you know, where there are these huge leads. There's these, these swings that happen in the first, second, third quarters. But when you get to the fourth and you're getting into crunch time and you see Dame rise up and hit that shot or uh, in, in the previous case against New Orleans, driving to the rack, getting the hoop and harm with 16 seconds left, like that's the type of stuff that will elevate you into this discussion. And that Dallas Mavericks game was bigger than just one singular moment. Because if Luka hits that shot, if, if Dallas wins that game, everyone is talking about Luka for MVP nationally. Because he had, what, 44 points? And if he knocks down that three, that's a career-high game for him. Yeah. And the game-winning shot. Like, instead, Blazers get a stop. Damian Lillard is the topic of conversation the next day nationally. So I think... From a narrative standpoint, those huge moments, those nationally televised games carry so much weight for a team like Portland versus a LeBron James in LA where we're going to see them lead SportsCenter most nights or whatever you watch, whenever you, you, uh, you know, are online or whatever. Like LeBron is going to be there because there's so much demand for LeBron and knowing what he's doing. So that's, I think, the other caveat to this with, Dame winning MVP is if the Blazers can't accumulate that many wins. But I, I do, I do agree wholeheartedly with you guys that they've got to win games. Like they've, they've got to be up there to the point where they are in the conversation because this team is so good that they are, that they are vying for one of the top spots come playoff time, yeah. because that is going to be the knock on him um, is that, Oh, well, what has Dame done in the playoffs? What have they done in the postseason? And Joel Embiid doesn't get the same type of scrutiny. Doncic doesn't get the type of scrutiny and he's and he's getting the benefit of the doubt like there's so many of these narratives that are already built in that Damian Lillard is working against I mean this isn't news to him like he he understands that and that's been the story of his life so I think that that will play into it so uh, I guess to to have a, a a hierarchy or a pick for my MVP right now I would agree with you guys as well I think that it's LeBron James and to your point Jared we are going to get to see how LeBron reacts to having to carry a team again this season for an extended period of time. If Anthony Davis is in fact out for a long time, which, 
you know, an Achilles and multiple injuries that are adding up, like, why would the Lakers play him? Like, they need him to be right for the playoffs. And so with that said, I like him. And just seeing the way Embiid has played, he's so freaking dominant. Like, when I see him out there, like, there's no question. Like, my eyes go to Embiid when he's on the court. And the way that he can control a game is really cool for a big man to do, just based on the way that the league is going now with guards and shooters and all of that stuff. To see that element to it, I think, is really dope. So if I've got to put Dame in the ranking pecking order right now, I'll, I'll take him at number three. But we're splitting hairs, folks. Like, yeah. like these stats are so great. Like, um, uh, I wish that Utah had a singular player to put into the conversation, but I think this has been more of a, a group effort with them. So that's, that's kind of where I stand with Dame. I don't know if there's anything else you guys wanted to add before we move on. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the narrative aspect because the, and maybe we're falling victim to it. The narrative aspect has been there all season for LeBron. The narrative a- aspect began Sunday night again for the Blazers and Damian Lillard. So it's, it's 96 hours old right now, the Dame for MVP narrative. And LeBron's had, has had his going for nearly two months now uh, since the start of the season. And so you're right, Dame can catch up, but the only way he's going to catch up is if his team is right there in the wind column with the Lakers, with the Clippers, with the Jazz at the top of the West. And one thing that I don't think is an accident is – the three guys we've mainly talked about, Jared brought in Kawhi Leonard, but LeBron, Embiid, Dame, their teams are all tied for the best record in the clutch right now. They're all 12 and three so far in clutch games this year. I don't think that's by accident. So I think we're talking about the right guys. And Damian Lillard, this, I, this is his best shot, to be honest, that he's had in his career so far to win the MVP, which is not something I would have thought a week ago. But I think it is his best shot moving forward to win MVP because you mentioned narrative is building, but now the Blazers have to do their part and they've just got to keep winning these games and against tougher competition as their schedule gets harder. It's interesting to see how quickly that narrative can build because a week ago, we wouldn't have talked about this. And in, in one week, we're now putting Damian Lillard, you know, second or third or fourth in the MVP race. And that's how quickly that narrative can build because when Dame has those moments, that creates talking points for people like Stephen A. Smith or Charles Barkley who have a huge amount of sway on the casual NBA fan. And that's how a narrative builds. And right now, Dame is more popular with just a casual NBA fan base than he's ever been. I don't know if he's going to be voted as a starter in the NBA All-Star game, but he's certainly receiving more votes than he ever has in his career before. Uh, a lot more. And so, you know, the narrative's there and it's up to the Blazers and Dame to keep it going. Well, guys, the Blazers have won six in a row, eight of nine. What has changed for the Blazers during the winning streak? Nate, you want to handle question number two? Sure. Uh, To me, I guess the biggest, I don't even know if anything's really changed for them. I think they're finally just getting relatively healthy. And because they've gotten relatively healthy, especially with the starting lineup finally being consistent for a handful of games, that guys just finally know their roles. And this team is starting to gel. We talked about this way at the beginning of the season, back when everyone was healthy, how it might take some time for these guys to gel. And then they had a month, month and a half 
where there are injuries left and right all over the place and guys are being all suddenly thrust into roles they weren't expecting to take on at the beginning of the season. And now that they've taken them on, I think they've also grown in confidence as well, not only in themselves because they've played well during this time, but another reason for the Damian Lillard argument for MVP is his leadership. These guys, Damian Lillard believes in these guys and he instills confidence and belief in these guys that, hey, you can do this. And we can do this together. And, and I think they're just gelling all right now at the right time. Gary Trent Jr., Orlando, your guy. They, they're 8-1 and one since the Milwaukee game two weeks ago. We remember the podcast we had two weeks ago yeah, where, yeah. where Jared was telling fans, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> you fire Stotts, people. Stop it. They're 8-1 and one since that game. The Blazers. And in those nine games, Gary Trent Jr. is averaging almost 21 points a game. He's shooting 48% from three. He's reaching full Gary Trent potential, which we talked about on the last podcast. Keep it going, Nate. I'm loving this. I'm loving where you're going, man. We we also <laughs> we we've also talked about what what players need, what players are going to be critical for the Blazers for the rest of the season in terms of them to continue to win outside of Dame. What role players need to step up and be consistent? I said Robert Covington. And guess what, guys? The last two weeks, we've gotten the Robert Covington the Blazers gave up two first-round picks for. Yeah, he's only averaging 10 points a game and seven rebounds a game. But he's not taking a ton of shots. He's not getting a ton of scoring opportunities. What he is doing on offense, he's shooting 49% from the field, 44% from three over the last nine games. That's the Robert Covington offensively that the Blazers traded for. And defensively, he was playing well early in the season, but he's been even better the last two weeks. He's averaging almost two steals and two blocks a game over the last nine games. Carmelo Anthony, the guy you said, Orlando, the role player, that is key. He's averaging 17 points per game during these nine games, shooting 45% from the field, shooting 43% from three. Anthony Simons is a legit spot-up three-point shooter. He is a sniper out there. Ennis Cantor is as consistent as it gets, 12.7 points, 12.7 rebounds a game. It's literally the same number. Derek Jones Jr. defensively has been awesome. And he, I think, has provided them stability. Since he returned to the starting lineup, the Blazers are 6-0. and That game, when they started this whole winning streak, was the first game Derrick Jones Jr. got back in the starting lineup. Now they're 6-0. and Defensively, they've been better. I don't know if that's because they're playing bad offensive teams. They certainly <laughs> have played quite a few of them over these last nine games. But they've been better defensively. They rank 17th in defensive rating during these nine games. And Orlando, you asked... What would this team be like if they have even a mediocre defense? We said they would win a lot. And guess what? They're winning a lot. And they still don't have CJ McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic. I don't know how long they can sustain this. But for the time being, my golly, this team is gelling together. And it's fantastic to see. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> I was going to say, Orlando, I need you to react to that because, oh, man, we need your energy to match Nate's. I mean, I think what Nate is trying to tell us is he likes what he's seen from this team. <laughs> Agreed. Ditto. <laughs> that, is, um, that is the Jared way of putting it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yes, Nate, that was awesome. Um, I love your energy. And you're right. Like, this team is that – they are that much fun right now to watch. Every game is exciting. Every game is fun. Every player is playing well. 
And you've got Dame time from the best clutch player in the NBA. You have the emergence of the Blazers' young core, Trent Jr., Anthony Simons. You didn't mention the Sear Little. In the limited mm. minutes he's getting, he's playing great. But I'm going to go with the Blazers' starting lineup. I'm going to go back to that podcast from two weeks ago that Nate mentioned. On that podcast, I talked about the five-man lineup, and I mentioned in passing because it was a tiny, tiny, tiny ta- sample size. At that time, two weeks ago, the five-man lineup of Damian Lillard, Gary Trent Jr., Derek Jones Jr., Robert Covington, and Ennis Cantor had only played seven minutes together. But their production in those seven minutes was eye-opening. If you remember at that time, they had an offensive rating of 173, a defensive rating of 68, and a net rating of 105. Have they kept it up? Pretty close. <laughs> I said it was a too small a sample size to judge at that time, but I'll quote, I said, I'd love to see what that lineup could do with more minutes together. Well, that's what we've been able to see. A lot more of that lineup. That Blazers starting lineup over the past two weeks has remained awesome. And by awesome, I mean best in the NBA awesome. Oh, That lineup has now played 103 minutes together. It's not a small sample size anymore. That's a large enough sample size to call it legitimate. That lineup now has an offensive rating of 143.6, a defensive rating of 108.8, and a net rating of 34.8. That lineup is outscoring opponents by 35 points per 100 possessions, which is the best net rating in the entire NBA among five-man lineups that have played at least 100 minutes together this season. That's unbelievable. The next best five-man lineup is the Clippers lineup of Patrick Beverly, Paul George, Nick Batum, Kawhi Leonard, and Serge Ibaka, plus 25.4. The Jazz's lineup of Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, Bojan Bogdanovich and Rudy Gobert is plus 20.3. The Blazers' offensive rating with that lineup, scoring 143.6 points per 100 possessions, that is just silly. It's also first among lineups who have played at least 100 minutes in the NBA, and it's not close. The next best lineup is the Nuggets lineup of Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, Paul Millsap, and Nikola Jokic at 124. And the defense is good enough. 108.8 defensive rating would rank fifth in the NBA. The reserve unit, we've talked about this before. It's not as sharp defensively. So the team, even though they are improving defensively, we are seeing defensive improvement. They're capping out right, capping out right now at about a middle of the pack defensive unit, but they look like they're getting better. And eventually they'll get back Yusuf Nurkic, who's their best defensive player. So we'll see what the defense can do going forward. But for all the other reasons, Dame time, the emergence of the Blazers, young players, I think it's because the Blazers have found a five-man lineup. They can run out there for the majority of each game that dominates the opponent. That's the reason the Blazers are playing so well recently. Man, this is a, a fire segment. I, I love that you guys are, are bringing up you know, so many different players and aspects to this team. It's such a roll, roll call moment. Uh, when the team is clicking like this, because it is a collective. It takes a lot to to get these wins. It's more than just game time, obviously. But uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention one of the intangibles that Dame brings to the table that separates him from a lot of the guys is his ability to make others better. This was something that I'll bring up every now and then when we're talking about Dame, but I think it's such an underrated intangible that he has to bring out the best in guys and build them up and give them that confidence. And that's what all of these games have been are just 
confidence building moment for guys like Gary Trent Jr., for Anthony Simons, Nasir Little, you go down the list of, of names that are, have received this opportunity, these extra chances to be out there in pivotal moments of a game and show that they can be relied upon. And dang, these guys are growing right in front of our eyes. It's special because of that. And so I think that's great. And they're going to need that. They're going to need to draw from these moments in the playoffs when Dame is getting blitzed and they're taking the ball out of his hands and they need a three-point shot from Gary Trent Jr. or they need something from Anthony to create. Those Having these moments, you're building stock that hopefully this is what can get them over the hump when they face a team like the Lakers or you know a really good team that they've had issues uh, in previous years. So I say all that with, with going back to all of the predictions that we had that turned out to all be right because they're just playing so well that everything is clicking right now. And um, after they got waxed by the Bucks, and the Rip City was on fire and everything was doom and gloom, to see Carmelo Anthony have the type of games that he's had during these stretch have, have been huge. He's had one dud essentially offensively where he had two points against the Knicks. What happened in that game? They lost the rest of these games where he's putting up numbers, where he's scoring in double digits. They've won these games because they, they need just that extra lift and extra threat from someone with his offensive firepower. We talked about the trade-off that, the Blazers would have with him being out there defensively. How would he make up for that? Well, he's, he's gotten buckets in a lot of these games, man. Just going back that Washington game, 21 points, the Philly game, 22 points, Orlando, 23 points, Philly again, 24 points, Cleveland, 23. Like these are huge games for somebody that a lot of people said was washed and shouldn't be out there. And those are the type of performances that they're going to continue to need. This needs to be a regular thing where he's living up to that average that Nate mentioned of 16 points per game. Like they need this so badly. And I guess the reason why I don't need to show as much love to Gary Trent Jr. is because Nate nailed it. Like that's been my guy during this. And he's continued to deliver and he is seizing these moments and he's hitting big shots. He's providing that relief that this team needs, man. And when he's in transition and he's pulling up for three, it feels like it's automatic with Trent right now. Like I have so much confidence in him taking these transition threes right now that I'm like, dude, don't even try and attack. Pull up, dude, because those shots are dropping right now. And so I'm hoping that that confidence continues to be there when the shots aren't falling and that they're able to dig deep into these moments and say, oh yeah, we've done this. We know what it's like to be in these situations. I can contribute, put me out there, coach. Like those, that's what we need. Uh, and then also I'd be remiss. We have to mention Ennis Cantor, who I, Ennis Cantor fans out there. I am showing love to Ennis Cantor who said, I need, I need to make sure that Ennis is getting his own shine because in his press conferences, when he's talking, um, he likes to talk about other people and bring up how great everyone else is and rarely do we see what Ennis is doing, but when you pull down 21 rebounds in a game, like, come on, man. Uh, he is just pulling down. He, he's having one of the better seasons of his career. And when he says, 
I feel like he's selling himself short when he says, I want my goal is to be the best backup center in the NBA. Like, dude, you're doing it. Like, I, if he wasn't starting so many games, like we'd be saying Ennis Cantor should be up for six man of the year because of how well he's played. So yeah, they're clicking on all cylinders. I want to see how they look against some, some tougher competition because this was a favorable schedule, but at the same time, we didn't have them winning all these games. Not at and, all. And they're winning, man. Yeah. I even made a comment last week when we picked games, like I could see him going four and one or one and four, and I wouldn't be surprised. I'm I'm shocked that they went yeah. five and zero oh over the five games over the last week. You're right. The, the schedule hasn't been great. That's one caveat we should at least mention. They, in these nine games since the Bucks games, they played one team that's currently above 500. It was Philadelphia, but they beat them twice and once without Damian Lillard. So you can't ask for them to do anything but beat the teams in front of them. And that's exactly what they've done. And it's, I don't know if they can keep it up, but Terry Stotts deserves a ton of credit for finding that lineup that Jared talked about that's yeah. fitting together so well. Neil Olshay's probably sitting back enjoying himself right now, looking at all these draft <laughs> picks hidden right now. You know, every, it, 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 it's all roses everywhere right now yeah. in Rose City. Shout, shout out to Neil Olshay, all right? We, in years past, you can go back and, you know, we've, we've, we've put a lot of blame on him. Me personally, I have with, you know, personnel decisions and the way that the roster is constructed. But right now it's playing out the way that they needed it to with all that depth and being able to survive the significant injuries is just incredible to be 18 and 10 at this point. Now makes you think, what can they be? What is their potential when they are at full strength, when they get, you know, Nurk and CJ back. So it's, it's promising times right now. Um, let's see if, if they can continue it now. So question three, the Blazers play three games between now and the next time we meet Saturday at home against the wizards. They're nine and 17 back-to-back road games, Monday at the suns, they're 17 and 10 and Tuesday at the nuggets, 15 and 13. Which games do the Blazers win? Which games do the Blazers lose? Catch us up, Nate. Well, last week, fellas, uh, none of us picked the Blazers to go 5-0. and uh, So we did not we did not do as well last week as anticipated. Orlando and Jared, you said the Blazers would go 3-2. and two. Therefore, you finished the week 3-2. and two. <laughs> I said the Blazers would go 2-3. and three. Therefore, I went 2-3 and three on the week. On the season, Orlando and Jared, you guys have a – Orlando, you're at 17 and seven, best on the year. Jerry's just a game back at 16 and eight. You guys have created some separation from me, though. I'm sitting back at 14 and 10 right now. Oh, and maybe <laughs> I'm looking, I'm looking like at an eight seed right now in the West. So that's not looking good. I need to step my game up. That's where we're at right now. And in the call for stepping my game up here. The Blazers go 3-0, and fellas. The train <laughs> continues, my man. The train continues. Oh, man. You know, I didn't you, see that coming for you, dude. I really you know, didn't. You got the Wizards. Wizards aren't worth talking about. Dame's going to be ready for Russ, that whole thing. That, that's a game. I say that they're, of course, going to lose, but <laughs> they're going to they're gonna win that game. Don't worry. They got this, And then the next two games are really big, especially for jockeying for position yeah. in the Western Conference. Um, but I'm just going to ride the Dame train right now. The Suns have been playing well, but they just blew a game the other night to, to the Nets and James Harden, who's been exceptional in the clutch. Damian Lillard's better than James Harden in the clutch. So the Blazers win that one. And the Nuggets haven't been playing that great. So the Dame train keeps rolling. 
This team's going to be 21 and 10 when we talk next week, boys. Oh, <laughs> Nate is bringing it. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, you're right. We don't have to talk about the Wizards and got the Blazers with a, they're running their win streak to seven there. Just looking at the Suns and Nuggets, Phoenix is obviously very good. The Blazers are hot. The Suns might be even hotter. They've won nine of their past 11 games. They've got wins against the Warriors, the Mavericks twice, the Celtics, the Bucks, the 76ers. The Blazers have played some easier opponents in that are in this hot streak. The Suns really haven't. They've played a tough schedule. I think that game's going to be high scoring and exciting. The Nuggets, I don't know why they're scuffling so much. They should be a lot better than they are. I don't know if anyone in the NBA is playing better right now than Nikola Jokic. But the Nuggets have lost six of 10 somehow, and they trade impressive wins like against the Lakers or the Jazz with perplexing losses like a loss to the Wizards. So I think that game will probably also be high scoring and exciting. I, it's really just for me, I'm not going to pick the Blazers to win both of those. And it's just kind of flip a coin with those two. I have no idea how to pick those two games. I think I'm going to pick them to beat the Suns and run the win streak to eight. And then I'm going to have them lose to the, the Nuggets in the, the second game of a back-to-back. What happened to the Jared who spent the first month of the season picking the Blazers <laughs> to win every game? What happened to that guy? I am course correcting, Nate. <laughs> Nate has taken over that role this week. Yeah. <laughs> Nate's the homer now. <laughs> I'm, you know, it's just it's just like gambling, man. Sometimes you're hot. You just got to ride the streak, man. Yep. Yep. Let it let it ride, man. I I used to think I had a pretty good handle on this team. And I don't anymore. Like I'm I'm throwing guesses out out there at this point. And like you said, they're going they're going to beat the Wizards. Although I anticipate that game being pretty close, just based on Bradley Bill's ability to get buckets. And just uh, based on every game the Blazers pretty much play. And, and yeah. yes, they, they refuse. I mean, it's, it's such a miracle when they get a, a blowout by, you know, six points. Blow Thank victory. you, Cleveland, for coming to town. That was fun. Yeah. That, that was yeah. enjoyable. That was the one break you get this season. Yeah. <laughs> um, but those other two games, I'm – dude – I'm really basing this on the way that I, I do make my early season predictions when it comes to back-to-backs on the road. This one being at altitude, shots maybe a little flat, legs not quite there the way they used to be. Um, so I'll, I'll say that they beat Phoenix in what is going to be a nice measuring yeah. stick to see where they're at um, against this Suns team that is just awesome. Playing, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of this team. I really like the way they play. Um, and, and just going to Denver the next night, like there's something there that, that it's always a tough game. So that, that's all. I'll say they go two and one. They, they lose at Denver. That, yeah, that's man. the loss. That altitude thing is no joke. That thing, Except for when the Blazers won. Or in Utah. Yeah, I know, I know, but it, it's real. Man, yeah, they, the Blazers just won a game on a road back-to-back where they walked off the plane and beat a team and then hopped back on the plane. And we're talking about altitude right now? What are we talking about, guys? Come on. Nay, I hope your they're, picks are right. They can't be higher than they were in that plane, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Please bring, bring this Nate back next week. <laughs> Make, it's going to continue this win streak, Portland, because I want this, Nate, on all <laughs> yeah. podcasts. 
Dude, if, if they go 0 3 next week, I'm just you're gonna I'm just gonna be so I'm just gonna be ripping them left and right because I have to feel like they betrayed me. I'm finally on board. I'm like fully on board. And this is exactly the time where they go into a slump. But just bring Max in, man. I'm talking too much. Yeah, man. I mean we've we've talked all podcast about MVPs. And it's time now for the MVP of this podcast, Max Amen. Moore. Guys, I really miss using that soundboard, but I'm wondering if, if I had access to it, it might have I might have fried the circuits during this episode. <laughs> it is great to be back with another week of Rip It. All right, so in our last episode, Nate won, put a stop to Orlando's winning streak. He won despite touting his loyalty to Anthony Simons and betraying him during the same game. It's pretty much like what Orlando did with Carmelo Anthony earlier in the year when he won. I don't hear you bringing that up. <laughs> because a lot, of, le- a lot of lessons were learned last week. <laughs> was the theme. Uh, let's find out how you guys did in your predictions last week. We had five games. We're going to go back to that second victory over the 76ers. Question for this game was over or under 30 and a half points for Joel Embiid, the MVP candidate. Nate took the under. Jared, you said over and then quickly changed your pick to under because you thought it was going to be a blowout. (laughs) And that left Orlando taking the over just because you wanted to be different. And that was the right answer. And Bede had 35 points. Orlando's on the board. Jared, Jared, you wonder why you haven't won Rip It this year. <laughs> I keep changing my answers right after. You just bailed on your instinct. I'm a flip-flopper. Yeah. Mm. All right, the Cleveland game, the question was, who will score the most points? between Gary Trent Jr., Andre Drummond, and Darius Garland. Orlando and Nate went with Gary Trent Jr., the future all-star. Jared, you picked Darius Garland, who had 17 points in the game, but not as many as Trent Jr., who had 26. Andre Drummond, not a lot of minutes or points in this game, only eight points. And he has since been shut down by the team as they pursue a trade. I can't. I really want Gary Trent to have the Human Torch nickname. Like I get Terrence Ross has it. I it feels like Gary Trent deserves it more. Like he is a Human Torch from three. Just amazing. I didn't mind Max's intro there of future All Star. Like we should. That, that's a secondary nickname if we want to go there. Future All Star. I like that too. Mister All Star. All right, Blazers at Mavericks. The question for this game was, who will make the most threes? Robert Covington, Carmelo Anthony, or Josh Richardson? Orlando and Jared went three to the dome with Carmelo. Nate, you picked Josh Richardson, who went 0 for 3 in the game. Carmelo Anthony just 1 for 8. And it was Lord Robert Covington who went 4 for 4 from downtown to take that one. So nobody got that question right. Oh, man. 
Rocco came in out of nowhere, man. He really I'm running out of time here. I'm gonna <laughs> come back and win my first rip it. Jared, I think you should just be happy if you get one in this game. <laughs> I think I, I I'm think trying I to be just, me. I'm not trying to be me. <laughs> just mute and turn my chair just around so you can't even see my face. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's only got two more chances and he's sitting at zero right now. So winning, winning seems like the <laughs> yeah, all the I equation. can do is tie. I can't even win. Yeah, all right. So. I'm muting myself. So much shade. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Blazers at OKC. The question was, who will block more shots in the game between Ennis Cantor, Al Horford, or Shea Gilgis-Alexander? Jared and Orlando picked Gilgis-Alexander, who did not play in the game due to knee soreness. Nate, you went with friend of the podcast, Ennis Cantor, showing the love, but he didn't block any shots, and neither did Al Horford, so nobody got this question right. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Max gets a mulligan on that one. <laughs> That's when you know Max yeah. is good at his job, man. Well, this next question, uh, this was an even a worse job by me. Blazers at Pelicans. The question was, which total will be greater, assists by Eric Bledsoe or three-pointers by Damian Lillard? None of you hesitated. It was a sweep for Damian Lillard, and you were all correct. Lillard made seven threes in the game, Bledsoe with three assists. And that means... With three out of five correct answers this week, Orlando is back to his winning ways, retaking control of the narrative for Rip It MVP. Congrats to Orlando. Oh, man. You're on fire, I appreciate man. you. Yeah, it's, been, it's been a good start. It's been a good start. That's four for you this season, man. I got two. Jared, you did get a point in that game. So. <laughs> yep, Jared one for five, Nate for two. Nate, two for five. Thanks for bringing that up, Nate. <laughs> well, you, you, you accomplished One the goal. One more twist of the night. One more. <laughs> he, he accomplished the goal we set for him. <laughs> I, All right. Uh, I didn't agree to that goal. <laughs> All right. A new game starts right now, and we are going to start with Blazers versus the Wizards. And the question is, we're, we're running this one back, although I think it's a different number, over or under? 32 and a half points for the NBA's current scoring leader, Bradley Beal. Over. Jared's going over. I'll take yeah, the, the over. Yeah. Oh, man, you guys. I was about to. Oh, man. <laughs> Putting me in a spot here. He went over last time, and I said over last time. So out of respect for the man, I'm going to also say over again. All right. Blazers at Suns. Who will finish with more assists? Damian Lillard or Chris Paul? Give me Chris Paul. Jared, Jared, Jared. The game hate begins. Jared forgot the lesson you never pick against Damian Lillard, my friend. Damian Lillard. You also know I haven't won at all this season, right, Nate? <laughs> there are no I, lessons for me. I, I think I've made everyone on the podcast very aware you haven't won yet this year. Rolando, what's your pick? I'm so tempted, like, to take CP3, but I am not. I, I have learned my lesson. I, I am going to take Dame every time until he, he until I miss a few with Dame. So give me Dame. Okay. Well, I think I know what you're going to do for the next question. Then Blazers at Nuggets. 
who will finish with more assists? Damian Lillard or Nikola Jokic? Man, why are you doing this to me? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, give me Dame again. Let it ride, baby. Let it ride. Yeah, I mean, the Blazers are going to be on a – this is going to be their ninth win in a row. Dame, Dame's going to be dishing to everyone. Terry Stoss is going to be hitting shots from the <laughs> sideline, man. This is, this is Dame territory. Okay, Jared. That was your chance Joker. to zag. All right. Give me the Joker. All right, next question. Same game. <laughs> Same game. Which team will shoot a better percentage from behind the three-point line? The flying high Blazers. Yeah, I'll go with the Blazers on that one, too. I'm going to mix it up. We'll go Denver. Okay. The wild card question of the week. He's blocked 10 shots in his last two games. Over or under four and a half blocks total over the next three games for Lord Robert Covington. He's got three games over or under four and a half blocks. I'm going to go under. Wow. The, the belief that Jared suddenly doesn't have in the Blazers <laughs> as they're winning. This is in, Jared. This is incredible. You have like more belief in them than anyone I know when they're losing. I and then to, when they're riding high, I have to separate my out. belief in the Blazers with my disbelief in my ability to win rip it right now. <laughs> so I've got to like come up with something. There we go. If uh, every instinct you have is wrong, the opposite would have to be right. That's right. I love the Seinfeld reference. Uh, let's go with uh, the over. He'll end up with seven blocks exactly. All right. Nate calling a shot. Orlando, what do you say? I'll go under. Okay. I hope he gets like five blocks on Jokic in that Denver game. And we're just like <laughs> losing our minds. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. Since um, since Giles went down, he's kind of become like a small ball center at times. So yeah, and, racking Jok up the blocks. And Jokic is willing at times to play away from the basket. So you never know. All right, guys, that wraps up another week of Rip It. This was good stuff, guys. Really good podcast, if I do say so myself. Uh, for those of you that have made it to the end of this podcast, please make sure you have subscribed. Give us those positive reviews. Let other people know so we can continue to grow this podcast. Get other people involved because we love doing this. Hopefully you enjoy listening to us as well. Guys, nicely done today. How about we run this back next week? Yeah.